Good morning, everyone. It is Celeste here with another episode of Almost a Doctor. I hope you caught on to my mistake in the first episode. But we're not going to do that again. Um, I've been just so accustomed to that name that I just use it everywhere now. But I'm trying something new with a new year where we're rejuvenating ourselves. We're doing new things. We're having new opportunities thrown our way. And they're all going to be fantastic. So... Outside of that, how's everybody's morning? How's everybody's Friday? Because we made it to the weekend. Um, I hope you had a great week. If it was the first week of school for you guys, for like the spring semester, I hope your week was fantastic. If you have classes on Friday, like me this time around, I'm with you. I never take classes on Fridays because I usually like to work, but I have to take a morning class. So I just need it because it's my senior class. And yes. <clears throat> This episode is going to be called Why Medicine? So, everybody, you know, if you're going to medical school, you all are, want to become a doctor. You have a reason behind it. You have a reason why you want to become a physician, why you want to t- take care of people. Everybody's reasons are different. I realized mine started when I experienced my first act of gun violence you know and it's not that's not even a common way to say that's the reason I want to go into medicine or somebody else will say that and that was when I was 12 so I lost my cousin in here in DC but I looked up to like an older brother who was shot and killed and we had to go to his funeral me and my mom went and it was like you know what this can't continue to happen but many years down the line it kept continuing to happen to my family to my friends to loved ones that I cared about who are no longer here because of this public health epidemic that we're facing currently on a day-to-day basis. We just had the Lunar New Year for the, the Asian community. That a lot of people are no longer here because they had a mass shooting in California. They had a re- another recent one where the, the killer killed seven people because he felt disrespected. And now he's in jail on all counts of murder for what and so a lot of people see my side hustle which is also a full-time hustle because i'm also trying to get a job in that after i graduate this may it's a gun violence prevention i'm an activist in that because i've personally been impacted by it too many times and i work to make sure that our communities are safer but how can we be safe if the people we're electing aren't doing anything to keep us safe and a lot of people think that this does not have anything to do with medicine, medical school, to be a doctor. What does gun violence profession? What does gun violence profession have to do with that? Not only does it give me the leadership experience that you know we need, or the the volunteer experience or the community service experience that I've had. Who treats the people that get shot and wounded, or who has to fight to keep the people alive that get shot? Physicians, trauma surgeons. The whole care team. So either way, medicine and someone getting shot in this country go hand in hand. I'm sorry for my voice being like this. I don't think I'm ever going to have my voice as strong as it was after I had COVID. I don't know what COVID did to my lungs, but COVID is a pain. So that's why I feel like they will not feel like I know they go hand in hand. They also interconnect. When I say that, I mean that the doctors or the trauma surgeons have to treat the victim. Or the matter of fact, we're not even going to call them victims because if they survive, they're survivors. I survived, I'm a survivor. I 
throw that victim mentality away and that's what we all need to do when it comes to people that have been shot and wounded or shot by accident or any of the any sort you know we have to change that victim mentality we're not looking at it like that anymore because when you do that you look at that person differently they did not sign up to be a survivor of gun violence they didn't sign up for that nobody did but the country that we live in prioritizes a firearm a AK, ak-47 ar-15 over somebody's life you know it is really sad that they do that because they're profiting off of the people's lives that we lose the nra is going to be richer because whoever they're going to buy the weapon that they're using right who does that money go to at the end of the day how are these politicians getting their money we're not putting anything to it it's the nra and it's sad because i'm grateful i know for the fact i'm grateful that maryland is a law is a strong gun violence prevention champion we have a champion in the movement all our state officials are strong advocates for gun violence prevention and their initiatives are so fantastic but it's just like take Mitt Romney for instance Why, where does he get his 13 million dollars from it's not from us it's not from Utah the people of Utah it's from the NRA and we already looked at that there's a statistic on my page that I shared go ahead and look at it it's sad even a place I called home in North Carolina he bought too but we're not there for that so medicine, we have to treat the people that get shot. So we're still interconnected. We're the ones they have to be taken to. So that, like, that's literally the first reason that I knew I wanted to go become a doctor or a trauma surgeon at best. Because you know what, my family should not be having to die or not be able to be treated. You know, they try their best to save him, and I know that because it's hard when you when you're treating someone that's been shot. You don't. You have to think about. What happens if you're not able to save them? What? How will you tell the family this is how they die? Your son is dead. Your daughter is dead. It's just that's the sad part of healthcare that you always have to look at. Like, I work with senior citizens, so we're always around people that are sadly on their way out. Like this past, like I think it was what's today Friday, Wednesday. I have to do like admin stuff because I'm going to be like cross trained in all the sizes of clinic I work in so like phones front desk indexing um like putting documents in the patient chart clinical side of things which I already love doing and other stuff but it's just like patients family members keep, could call us and like oh yeah our mother or our father passed away a couple weeks ago we just wanted to let the doctor know then we have to know that the patient is deceased in their chart because you can't keep calling them and say why the person not making an appointment they already let us know that they have passed away. So we have to make accurate note that they have died. So that's a different kind of community because we all know that we're all getting to an older point of our lifetime. And that is where we know the age of life expectancy is different. But I love what I do. And so I was like, you know, I, have been beat, I haven't really been beating around the bush. But when I got out of high school in 2014, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went to community college for two years. That didn't work out because... My ex went there, and he made life hell. So I had to leave. I only literally got 12 credits from that community college. And I don't like to share that I went there because there was no credits there to take anywhere, literally. So I went to the community college two years, got 12 credits. Then I decided to transfer to Brightwood College when it was Test College of Technology that we switched up to Brightwood College, where I got my medical assistant certificate in nine months. 
and I've been using that to work. My friend actually introduced me to that uh, protest school, so I'm kind of I'm always going to be grateful to him that you know he did help me get out of my community college and move into a program that I can say I really excelled in. I got all A's, a few B's, and that was it. Like people kept asking me for how to my studying. Like, look, this stuff is not that hard. You guys are overthinking it. And I was like, you know what, medical, anything medical, anything healthcare related, I'm in. And so after that, I went to University of Maryland College Park for two years myself. I was studying public health. I didn't like the major. Tell y'all who people that study public health, I give y'all so much credit because that joint is hard. You're not only learning public health, you're learning behavioral health, community health, family health, everything. My school of public health at University of Maryland had public health primarily and then the other distinctions that I just listed underneath it that you could do as a separate major in the school of public health. And I did like all three. And I was like, you know what, this isn't for me because I really applied to that school with early childhood education. Then I realized, you know what, to be a teacher, I have to have patience with children. <laughs> I love children, I do. I'm not going to lie. I love my, the little ones. But then again, now, this generational, this generation that we're seeing now where they could abuse teachers, they can bring a gun to a school and shoot a teacher. And no, I don't want to put myself in a situation because... That's not. I can't even say the schools are not even the safest place anymore because guess what? We're not safe anywhere. You just better pray. We have to pray every day wherever we are, whether it's work, school, at home, in the plane, in the car. You don't know where they could be. So it doesn't. At this point, it doesn't even really matter to say one location is particularly worse than the rest. But as the mass shooting we've come to know happened in schools so many times that people have become numb to mass shootings in schools because they realize. Am I sending my child to die in school or am I sending them to learn and come back home? Every, we had a rally last year. It's called Don't Look Away. And we had legislators talk about how their children are like four years old, four to between four and six years old, asking themselves in conversations, what happens if a shooter comes into my school? Am I supposed to hide behind my desk? This is a four to six year old. I I wasn't asking these questions when I was growing up like this. But then again, we've become so normalized to having mass shootings in this country, which is so sad. That's what I realized. Doctors are fed up as well because guess why are they having this? You know, so they're leaving doctors against gun violence. And doc, another organization that doctors are also against gun violence. But I have to, I have to find a way to join them because, like I told y'all, my advocacy work around gun violence prevention is not going to end because gun violence is not ending. And a lot of people think that you can't continue to do your advocacy while you're in medical school, while you're a physician. You can. There's nothing you can't say that. There's nothing prohibiting you from actually not doing that on the side. There's no way in the history of the book laws that you can't do that. So that's literally the, my reason for why I'm going into medicine. Also, on top of that, I do love help taking care of people. Like, people, when I take care of somebody and I hear that they thank me for the work that I do. And I loved working at Washington Hospital Center when I originally started working there. Because we were still in, like, the crux of the shutdown. And I was going out of my house. My mom and my sister were really at home. They weren't really working because they weren't considered essential workers. So I had to go because I provided direct patient care. And to patients or to people. So we were considered essential healthcare workers. And, like, you know, patients always say, thank you so much for what you do because you don't have to be out here. We know that. I know that I wouldn't. I would prefer to stay at home. But I was like, thank you so much. 
we all know that we would want to be at home too, but we have to take care of you guys. We're still going to be, we still have to have health care. We're still going to have health issues out here. We still have to take care of you. So that's why we're out here. And I wouldn't change what I do for the world. Because when the pandemic was going on, the shutdown was starting, I was steadily applying to jobs to work. Because I was like, I can't sit at home. I'm not the person that likes to sit at home. I was getting tired of sitting at home for many months. I was in online nursing school, which you should never do unless you're doing an MSN program or something like that, or into BSN online. But if you're doing a straight BSN program, just like an accelerated one, and it starts off online, better hope and pray that it goes back in person real soon. But it never did. And it did when I left the campus and I came to Trinity. So it's like, well, that didn't really help me. But I just used my clinical experiences with that and all the people that was like thank, thanking us because of what we're doing. That's the reason why I was like, you know what? I have been beating myself back up and down trying to figure out if I want to continue to do medicine because I've been in school for too long already. And it always comes to the back of my mind like, you know what? People are always going to tell you, you've been in school for too long. You still want to go back for another eight? I said, look, the reason I'm doing it is not for the money. The money is great, but it's not also the reason why. Because if you go to a school, you have to pay loans back. You're still not really making anything because you're paying your loans off. It's for, it's not just for, like, the entitlement of calling yourself a doctor. You know, to be able to call myself a doctor is fantastic, yes. But it's just to be able to know that I'm making a difference in somebody's life positively. I'm impacting their health in a positive way. That is, like, my real passion as to why I'm going into medicine. And people are like, yeah, you got to study for the MK. You got to do this seven hours. Yes, I know the process. I've done this before. I've applied last year. I just withdrew my application. So, like, when people try to get into your head negatively, just push them out. Because guess what? They're not doing it. You are the one doing it. You're the one that said, I'm going to go into medicine. I'm going to go to medical school. And you said that. And you can do it. I told myself that this is really what I want to do. And it is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. Like, I have three more months to graduate, and in May, the application for the 2024 opens. So, I'm ready. I'm really ready for this. I'm excited to apply again. I'm applying to more schools now that don't have the prereqs needed. I'm trying to focus on my GPA. <laughs> it's at the 3.0 out of a 4.0 right now. And just, like, I took two winter classes so I can expedite my time, too. And then I got two A's in them. I didn't really see a need to fail them because they were both equally easy. I had to retake medical terminology, so that was like, and I had a professor I have today. So all my my professors have been fantastic. I haven't had any professors that I hate, and you know, University of Maryland, I had professors that I hated. I was like, ugh, don't know why I went to the school. I didn't want to go to the school because that was not the only school that I got accepted into. I got into Bowie State first. I went there, I registered, I got, I did accept their offer and admission. But University of Maryland came after. Because I applied kind of late to that school, but they gave me, like, admissions a week or two before the semester started. And my mother was like, you better switch to that school. I said, all right, Mom. But then again, to go to the University of Maryland is a great thing, you know. To, I was a bit excited myself because I didn't think I was going to get it because, you know, the, the GPA standards. But my GPA was on fire when I was at Brightwood College, y'all. So I was I was blessed to go there, honestly. But it wasn't my top school. A lot of people think that's their top. A lot of people choose that as their top school, but that wasn't my top top school. They have a fantastic medical school. I'm gonna apply there too, but I know they're not taking their sciences out, so they may not be an option for me. Um, if I don't stay in the DMV area, I'll have to see where we're going to move to, so I can just apply like to schools that are in that general area or somewhere feasible. That if I have to live by myself, they can come and visit me. 
I still want to be close to family. I don't want to be too far away, you know, because I was telling y'all on Instagram that I got, I had a call with the associate admissions director, associate director of admissions at Tulane University School of Medicine in New Orleans. And they never had prerequisites, but they recommend, but they just don't really have it. I was like, okay, great. I don't really need to do prereqs to go to your school then because I'm not doing it. They realized that you don't need prereqs because you're learning the same thing that you learned in undergrad. Science had the only one thing thing about healthcare and medicine and science that nothing changes. Like, yes, we have COVID-19, but guess what? The SARS, I forgot the number that it's with, has always been there. The RNA has always been there. That's why they were able to get the vaccine out so quick because they've already been studying this they've already been making vaccines around this and people was like wait it's too soon no it's not too soon because guess what this mrna that they're using has already been in the process they don't waste time because they know there's going to be more global pandemics global health pandemics they know that because guess what there could be something else that comes out god god forbid that we don't need any more pandemics because covid has already said you know what? I'm multiplying, I'm multiplying. But we need to change that. We need to figure out how to end this. Or officially, like, die it down. And that's also the reason why I want to go into medicine. Like, I also want to be on that healthy side, too. Like, do some research around why these continuous epidemics keep happening in healthcare. In the health side of things. So, I really rambled on and on about why medicine. So, you can see that you're getting a feel of not just one thing that I'm passionate about in helping my communities and making sure we live long, healthy lives and why we should make it safer as well. I'm super excited to see how you guys think about this podcast. There will be a question I put in this one just to see how you guys feel, what your vibe is from this podcast. And hopefully the next one will be out. Today's Friday. I don't know if I'm going to do them two times out of the week. If you guys prefer once or twice out of the week, let me know. I'll put it on Instagram and I'll do a poll what do you guys think? Once or twice. Schedule-wise, I'm flexible for some reason this semester. But that's beautiful. But let me know once or twice a week and how you're feeling the vibe of the podcast. And if you want a guest speaker on the next one. If I can expedite getting a speaker. So I hope you guys like this podcast. Like, comment for the question. Follow, subscribe on whatever platform you use. It's available on all the podcast apps. Literally. It's on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Overcast, um, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio is a new one that I have finally been on this time around, so I'm super excited for that. I will talk to you guys next week, hopefully, Um, and I hope you guys have had a great start to your semester if you're in school. I hope you've had a great work week. I hope you've taken some time to rest, take some self-care, and just stay blessed, stay safe. Have a good Friday.